Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Rick Hackman, and Tom Terrace. Welcome one and all. Hey, Good to be here, David. David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take their Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. We're going to break open the bread of life and see how the Lord wants to speak to us today. But Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life before we start? Uh, I would love to. And if we could do two things, David, uh, a prayer from the heart and then pray the prayer for life. This, uh, you know, today is um, the day when thousands, tens of thousands of, of, of folks are going to be in Washington marching for life at the March for Life. So we can pray this prayer for life uh, for all those marchers, all the people marching, for all the women who uh, are considering abortion, for those who have had an abortion, uh, just for healing and restoration. So uh, let's let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for uh, the gift of your, of your word, that you love us so much that you've given us a guide home to you, and, uh, and that is your word. So as we break open the gospel that we will hear, on Sunday, please, Lord, help us, uh, help us to have a heart that is that is open, that is docile, teachable. Uh, fill us with courage that we can be your love and your light and your joy and your peace in all the different areas of our lives. And uh, Lord, in a special way, please hold every single person that is listening and their families in the palm of your hands. Please send the Holy Spirit into their hearts, into their lives, into their families, and just lead us all, dear Holy Spirit, lead us all closer to you each day. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So if we could join together for the prayer of life, uh, and, we, uh, and, we're, and we're with you all in prayer as you march for life in Washington, D.C. Let us pray. Eternal, Eternal Father, you, you are, are the author of life. life. You formed each of us in the womb of our mother for both your delight as well as your purpose. You created us uniquely in your image and likeness to bring your love into the world. Thank you, Father, for the gift of life. Please help us through the power of the Holy Spirit to champion your truth of life to all those who are blind to the horror of abortion. Please, Heavenly Father, pour out your grace and protection to all expectant mothers and fathers so that they may deny themselves, choose life, and stand with you against the master of lies who seeks to destroy life within the womb. Heal those, Father, who have been deceived by the enemy that they may experience your forgiveness, your mercy, your love. Set them free from the condemnation of he who is the accuser. Anoint us, Father, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we may be instruments in your hands, 
a voice crying out for those who have no voice. In the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. The Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Rick, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love today? Absolutely. The reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and then chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us, I too have decided, after investigating everything accurately anew, to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. David, if you, if you could just share that, that beautiful prayer that we just prayed for life. Uh, you know, in this gospel, we hear about writing it down, and uh, and God put that on your heart, and uh, and you and you know you accepted that gift not only for yourself, but you said yes, I'm going to share this gift, and you wrote it down. Can you just share a little bit as we celebrate life uh, and pray for life? To absolutely, that, you know, it it's so important to write it down and to journal and to capture our stories and what God speaks to us. So a friend of mine, Peter Saad, who really needs prayer from everybody right now because he's, he's battling for his life down in Philadelphia in a hospital, came to me and said, David, we need a prayer for the March of Life down in Washington, D.C. They've asked us to prepare a prayer for them. Can you look in this book and find the one that you'd like to use? So I looked through the book and none of them hit my heart. And so I said, Lord, you got to help me put to pen this prayer that you want written, one that will pierce the heart of the hearer and pierce your heart, Father. And so with that, I, you know, I couldn't come up with the prayer, couldn't come up with the prayer, went to bed that night, three o'clock in the morning, I woke up, I got my pen and I got my paper and that prayer, every word of it poured out of me. I just held the pen. It just kept flowing out of me. And when it was done, I said, oh, this is awesome. So I, I sent it to my fiance. I said, read this prayer and let me know what you think of it. And she called me back. She said, it's beautiful, but it's missing something. Of course, me, I'm, I don't like to be corrected. So I was like, you got to be kidding me. What can be missing? He said, well, she said, David, you didn't put anything about those who have been hurt by falling prey to the lie of the enemy and had an abortion. So you need to add a piece for that. And I went, oh, my, you're right. So I prayed to the Lord again, and boom, immediately, 
That part about healing came out of me. And this prayer has been handed out again and again and again to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. It's been prayed. It's been repeated. And who knows at the end of my lifetime, at the end of, at the end of time, how many millions of souls one prayer put to pen, written down, shared with others will be used to heal the heart of those that have been wounded, to pierce the heart of those who are deceived, to set the captives free, to answer this call up here. Because, you know, when Jesus, you know, says and reads the scripture from Isaiah, you know, he says, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings. Ladies and gentlemen, he's anointed each and every one of us. He chose each and every one of us. He created each and every one of us in his image and in his likeness. He knew the plans he had for us. He, before he formed us in our mother's womb, do we realize whose we are and that this calling, this anointing is upon us? So we are the ones now, just as he chose and anointed Christ, his only begotten son, he chooses to choose us, to anoint us, to bring what? Good news, glad tidings to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, captives who were caught up in addictions, who were caught up in sin, and to help them, to be there for them to help them out of their struggles, to just love them where they're at, you know, proclaim uh, to recovery, the sight to the blind who don't see Christ at work in their life. God is at work in our world every day. There are God moments, heavenly kisses, God stories all the time. Help people see, help people see. There's no such thing as accidents and coincidence. It's just a failure to see God at work in our life, to help the oppressed go free. That's our calling. God gave us his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who paid the price for all of our sins. If we choose to repent, to turn away from those sins and ask for forgiveness so that why? So that we can be set free and we can be instruments to help set other people free so that they can have life and have it in abundance. It's the beatific vision. So for me, and to proclaim a year of acceptance to the Lord, man, we need to every day be those oracles, those voices of the Lord, prophets. Prophet is the person that speaks the truth of God with love, a prophet. We are anointed when we are baptized, priest, prophet, and king, sharing in those that Christ is that Christ is. So let's claim our identity in Christ, priest, priest in our home, the domestic church, prophet, speaking the words of God's truths with love. Share that truth. Don't be silent. You know, and kings, we share in the kingship of Christ. Don't underestimate who you are. The enemy of our soul, he knows. God has a unique plan for each and every one of us, and he wants to take us out. He wants to take us out. Hmm. <clears throat> the, the, the line that really jumped out at me, David and Tom and Rick, was proclaim liberty to captives. You know, we're, we're all captive of something in our lives. And, and one of our ministries, uh, for those listening, uh, was called The Porn Effect. And a young lady, thank you, Lord, for the courage that you put in her, her heart, she offered to tell her story. Talk about writing it down, but she uh, she wrote it down. But you know, these are going to be videos of her story, and it's called "From Captive to Captivating." And she was stuck in the in the throes of a 
of a, of a pornography addiction. And a lot of people think pornography is just a, a problem for, for men, but this, this woman is saying, we need to talk about this. There's so many women out there that are struggling and suffering. They need to hear stories of hope and healing and restoration and redemption from women so women can speak to women. So this young lady in her, in her mid-20s or early 20s, uh, just did a phenomenal job sharing her story. It's going to be a, a six or seven part series. Um, and again, it's called From Captive to Captivating from uh, a ministry of stewardship called The Porn Effect. So um, where are we captive? You know, wh- wh- where is the enemy holding us and just uh, trying to oppress us from living that abundant life, that life of joy and peace and hope and kindness and friendship that God wants us to live? Um, so, Lord, please reveal that and, and, and heal us. And the, the the words that jumped out at me um, were um, and and the eyes of all in the synagogue eyes. I, I just found it to be interesting that he is so detailed. He didn't say like everyone in the synagogue was looking at him, like the eyes. And so when I see Jesus reading from Isaiah, technically the Old Testament, he's using his eyes to read that. And Jesus is the Word, and I think he's at least calling me to use my eyes to read his word because I'm essentially reading him. And he's, just, you know, he's, he's teaching me to like go into, I think what Benedict, Pope Benedict would call Lexio Divina, where you're, yes. you're, you're looking with the eyes, your, your eyes that see it, but also the eyes of your, your soul reading this word of God and you're reading Jesus. And so that's kind of what, and I, we see that he's doing the same thing. And what you mentioned, Rob, about the, that young lady with the, you know, the porn, problem and it's such a problem these days but again it's our eyes that are taking us into those places that we shouldn't be you know looking at rather than looking at with our eyes at the word of god wow that's beautiful that is beautiful tom and there's a a woman who shared a story speaking speaking of eyes uh to a group of of high school young women and then she had a one-on-one encounter with with one of the women and uh, i think she was a freshman in high school and after three minutes, she said the girl just started crying. And she just looked there and said, why? What's, what's the matter? Why, why are you crying? And she said, this is the first time that anyone's looked at me for three minutes, looked me in the eyes for three minutes. Right? So how beautiful is it when we can sit and stop and look at each other in the eyes and talk to each other and just be present to each other, not writing, not texting, not checking anything else out, but just truly being present to those and, and looking each other in the eyes because, you know, into the eyes, you can see someone's soul. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus prayed for unity in John 17, 20 through 23. And I love this prayer because it's really our calling as Christians, all of the body of Christ. The Catholic Church teaches that all baptized Christian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Trinitarian, are members of the same body of Christ, not not denominations, all of us, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, doesn't matter. If you've been baptized, Trinitarian, you are a member of the body of Christ. And so Jesus' prayer for unity is speaking to all of us, that we can lock arms together with our brothers and sisters in Christ that don't fully understand our, our Catholic faith. We can lock arms together to fight the one common enemy he's looking to take us out. And his prayer goes, I pray not only for them, but also those who will believe in me through their word so that they may be one. Our word, sharing our stories, sharing our 
testimony. That's what this is all about. You know, minister the word that have handed down to them to us. This is what it's all about is, is sharing those stories, those God moments, those heavenly kisses that come. You know, that they may be one, Father, as you are in me and I in you, they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you loved me. It's powerful. And ladies and gentlemen, it's a calling for each and every one of us. The reason that there is a division in the church today, I truly believe with all of my heart, is because we, we as Catholics, don't know our faiths in our heart and live them in our lives. We don't. We don't know the Bible. This is this knowing the Bible is knowing Scripture and repeating the Scripture. This is powerful. This is what pierces and cuts between bone and marrow. This is what pierces to the heart of the listener. So for me as a Catholic, it wasn't until I went on this journey to learn my faith in my heart that I became a new creation in Christ because I was the blind person. I was the oppressed. I was all of the above and more. I was the dead man that Jesus Christ had to raise from the dead. But now today, I'm a new creation in Christ. God rebooted and restored everything in me. And my life today is a great adventure, and it's the abundant life. Now when I wake up in the morning, I start out with my time with God. You know, and I, then I go to Mass, and then I go Gospel Reflection or leadership groups. I get filled to the brim. Why? So that I can overflow that love to each and every person that brought into my life this day. One more soul for Jesus is my motto. One more soul for Jesus. We had a couple different God stories at car dealerships where I went to look at cars. Next thing you know, got talking about Christ, about the Catholic Church. Next thing you know, these men came to gospel reflection, not only the salesman, but his manager in two different car dealerships. That's not a coincidence. That's not an accident. You know what it was? I invited the Holy Spirit into my heart to speak through me in those meetings and then invite them through me. And they came and they listened and they heard and they were touched. The one man said, thank you, thank you for putting me back on the path with Jesus because I had fallen off. Another friend of mine said, David, thank you for saving my life. But it took me having courage, that gift of the Holy Spirit that I pray for every day to truly quelch the fear the enemy wants to control me with, to invite him to the group, to call him up to be the father, the husband, the man he was called to be by God, created in the image likeness of God. So, again, powerful, powerful scripture reading. And, and if we can replace our names here uh, with Jesus, as Jesus returned to Galilee, uh, David went to the car dealership in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. Right? And yes. wherever And wherever we're going, if we, you know, I think the Holy Spirit is the kind of the, the unsung hero of the, of the Trinity, you know, in terms of relationship. You know, we have this advocate um, and, and this advocate wants to give us the gifts and the fruits, and uh, I think he's often forgotten, the Holy Spirit. And so if we can remember to invite the Holy Spirit, so, you know, Rob, me, Rob, return home in the power of the Holy Spirit. Tom, you know, you're going to go work out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Rick, you're going to go be with the youth in your church tonight in the power of the Holy Spirit. Rick went to, right? So yeah. it's not us, it's the Holy Spirit. And then when we invite the Holy Spirit prior to where we're going or what we're doing, and then we just trust yeah. Right, that he will speak to to the people that we're with, right? And it's just that we just need to be open and available. But we have to invite the Holy Spirit in to every aspect, every aspect. So then, uh, these God moments, these God stories, uh, can can happen through us. 
Yeah, and it's amazing because it was fascinating. The one story, when I pulled into the car dealer's lot, I said, Lord, I said, Holy Spirit, bring out to me the salesman you want to bring out and give me the words I'm to speak to him. That's all I prayed. Well, the next thing I know, I met the salesman. We took the car for a test drive. We got back into the parking lot. We spent a half hour in a car talking about God. And this car dealer said, you know, he said, I, you know, my wife and I are both raised Catholic and we both aren't practicing Catholics anymore. We walked away from our faith and, and whatever. And we should just share it. And, you know, I said, I asked him questions. I said, why? And he gave me some answers. And I, and I shared truth with love with him back. And he's like, I never looked at it that way. And then we went in to look at the paperwork and talk about a price. I said, you know, I put a CD in my car before I came to this meeting. I thought it was for me, but it wasn't. It was for you. So I went back out and got the CD by Dr. Scott Hall. And I said, here's the CD that I put in my car. I didn't listen to it because it really wasn't for me. It was for you. He turned it over and it said, how to bring fallen away Catholics back to the church. He said, Coincidence, He right? said, no way. There's no way you did. I said, no, absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. Wow. So again, those moments, can you imagine that? God, God of the universe, God of everything wants to use us, chooses to use us for the salvation of souls, to set the captives free, to give sight to the blind who don't see Christ at work in their life. Man, you want to talk about a great adventure? And it can happen in a grocery store. It can happen at a Turkey Hill uh, dairy. It can happen anywhere, especially in the workplace. There's a, you know, you'll, you'll read spiritual directors and mystics and saints talk about collaborators, that God could have saved, <laughs> saved us all, you know, in the blink of an eye, all by himself. But he has chosen um, to invite us as collaborators in, in the salvation of souls, you know, through our lives, through our interactions, through our suffering, especially through our suffering. Uh, so what a, what a great honor and privilege to have that invitation. And he's not going to force us to accept the invitation to be collaborators, but if we do, and, and hopefully when we, when we do, um, it's, it's awesome. You know, the, the, the way that he works through us is, is beautiful. It's a gift. Yes. And it, it all goes back to Mary in sacred scripture. She's the model disciple. She's the first. She's the model. She gave her yes. First one to Christ to give her yes. Jesus was received, conceived in her heart and then in her womb. She took him to those in need, especially first and foremost her cousin Elizabeth. Her yes changed the world. 2,000 years later, we're still telling the stories that have been written down, that have been written down. The, you know, Rob, you're, you're talking about all the, the things that, we, that can be done. David, you're, you're describing encounters that you've had um, uh, in various places, uh, all done in the power of the Spirit. Yes. But we have to be open and looking for the opportunities, open to fulfilling well, you know, what God wants us to do in those situations. How inspiring can it be reading this scripture? Uh, as Jesus read this passage from Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor, liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. And then as everyone was watching him, he told them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. But if the spirit of God lives within us, if we have Jesus Christ in our hearts, in our souls, could we not read this? And then our prayer for, the, for that morning, for the, you know, starting out the day be, Lord, fulfill this scripture in me, yes. in the hearing of everyone that I come in contact yes. with, that I encounter. If we were to make that 
uh, our our uh, marching orders, our, our mantra as we go forward, the Lord is upon me because we know he is. He lives in us. Right. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to do all of these things, yep. the same things that Jesus did. Jesus even said, these things and greater, greater. you will do yep. when, the, when he sends the, the, um, the comforter, the mm -hmm. advocate. He, you know, so all of these things that Jesus did can be fulfilled in us as well, but we need to claim it. We need to grasp a hold of it and be looking for those opportunities. And our prayer needs to be, fulfill these things in my hearing today, Lord. Fulfill these things through me in the hearing of other people that I come in contact with. And Rick, that starts out with saying, I can't do it. And it's a total surrender, but a recognition that God can do it through you. Don't get in the way. You're not called to be God. You're called to be an instrument that God can use fully and free, freely, his hands, his feet, his mouth, his heart. So say yes to the Lord and then get self out of the way and say, use me, Lord. And then I wrote down, don't let your busy schedules get in the way of the divine appointments. I had a man say to me yesterday, he said, you know, Dave, you're a really busy guy and you have a lot of things you're doing. But you know what means the most to me? You took time for me. You called me. You spent three hours with me. You didn't have to. But you chose to. And now I know that you love me and you care. That means the world to him. But we miss too many divine appointments that God has orchestrated because we have our own busy schedules. There's a beautiful prayer in our prayer book that's, slow me down, Lord. Slow me down, Lord. And look intently at him like they did in the synagogue. It says here, all in the synagogue looked intently at him. So I think, you know, when we're looking for our marching orders and all that, we need to intently look at him in our hearts or, or Lord, what do you want me to do by making our intention to his intention, you know? And, and some of the hardest places to do that is our own hometown. So, you know, it says here that he came to Nazareth where he had grown up. And, uh, you know, God wants us uh, you know, not to be saints on the street and, uh, and slackers in, in the home. So with our spouses, if we're married, with our kids, our nieces, nephews, grandkids, um, brothers, sisters, those we live with in the same, you know, within the confines of our home, uh, they're our neighbors first. And uh, you know, let's, let's, let's arm up and ask for the Holy Spirit to, to help us in, that, in those situations as well. Absolutely. And Rob, take the challenge. Let's write down our God stories. Let's write down how we've had interactions with Christ on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and then share them at the kitchen table with our children, share them with our grandchildren, share them with our friends and our neighbors, our business associates. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Have courage. Pray for the gift from the Holy Spirit. Have a great day. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100.
Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.